This is the Blue Bomber Podcast with CFL Hall of Famer and my broadcast partner, Doug Brown. It was like a head-on car accident there. Had to piggyback him, grab onto his waist as he pulled him kind of like a tractor pull there for a couple yards. You can play it safe. You don't have to take these risks and just nickel and dime your way down the field. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or at CJOB.com. It is the inaugural Doug Brown hosted Blue Bomber podcast here on 680 CJOB. Doug Brown, Greg Mackling with you. We intend to be here every single week throughout the Blue Bomber season. That's a tall promise, Mr. Brown. <laughs> That's why you're hosting, not me. Correct. Okay? I'm just here for comment. You know, please now, Doug Brown, of course, the all-star defensive lineman for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Hall of Famer. Now working with a Hall of Fame broadcaster, Bob Irving, our color commentator. Lots of terrific insight. And you know what? There just isn't enough of it on a game game by game basis so we figured we'd bring Doug into the studio and launch the Blue Bomber podcast and Doug the Blue Bombers as we speak are 2 and 1 they're going into a game in Vancouver against the British Columbia Lions now normally the fact that their starting quarterback is going to be unavailable would be a source of inspiration but the BC Lions happen to have a fairly good backup quarterback. Yeah, who just broke a record so no celebration there whatsoever. In fact, I think The Bombers are better off playing their starter, Jonathan Jennings, uh, for BC Lions, then playing Travis Lule, because in my mind, the kind of ball-hawking secondary the Bombers have, they're better off. I I think Jennings sprays the ball around the field a little bit more than Travis Lule, and let's face it, Travis Lule only got replaced essentially because of his injury history and his age and and his inability to stay on the football field. Uh, You know, last time I played against Travis Lule, he beat me in the Grey Cup in BC, so I know only too well what he's capable of, and obviously he just showed the CFL that he is far from being done. I believe Jonathan Jennings threw one pass in that game before he got injured. Travis Lule came in and just lit lit them up in terms of the the production he, he put forth. So you know, in, in terms of, in my mind, professional football is all about matchups. It's matchup, matchup, matchup. And uh, I look at the secondary for the Bombers, and they really gave Jennings some fits last year. Obviously, he beat them when it mattered and counted most, but they had a big lead even in that game. And, and when he came back, a lot of it was him just taking off and running himself. Travis Sule can run, but I think Travis Sule is actually smarter with the football. And I think he's got more experience. And uh, I think he's a. Uh, He's someone that I don't want to play if I'm the Winnipeg Blue Bombers because I think he's more calculating. He has that uh, Matt Nichols self-preservation instinct when it comes to ball security. The Blue Bombers had the best road record in the CFL last year at 7-2, Doug. That did not pay off in the playoffs. Is there a sense of redemption here for the Blue Bombers? Or when you move from one season to the next, you hear all the historical data and this team has not done that. We've heard about the Stampeders, what they do at IGF. Does this game have anything to do with what happened in the playoffs last year? Uh, yes and no. Um, I, it, more so for Winnipeg, I think, than BC, right? When you win, you never it, it never means anything to you when you face another team that you had previously beat. It's you know it's a new season for the BC Lions, but there probably are remnants of that loss with a number of the, the Winnipeg Blue Bomber players. So some of those guys will have a chip on their shoulder and, and probably a frustration, uh, especially Matt Nichols, probably the best game I've ever seen him play in his CFL career. So uh, it, it's got to be a little uh, maddening for those guys 
guys for them have to have been so far ahead in that uh, Western semifinal game and, and, to, and to give it up and slowly have that lead erode over time. And uh, a lot of people think they could have done a lot better in the Western final than BC ended up doing as well. So it's always for the guys that come up on the short end of the stick where these games are redemption games. It always means more to the guy that lost because if you won, you forgot about it, right? You moved on, you, sure. you went about your business. Hey, who's up next kind of thing. So for, for Winnipeg, uh, I would expect this game, obviously a very important game for, for both teams, especially with how competitive the West is going to be, but it is definitely going to mean more to Winnipeg. A large consternation source of it for Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans, and I imagine the ball club as well. You touched on it in your Winnipeg Free Press column earlier this week, the idea that the home record of the Winnipeg Football Club is not what it needs to be in order for them to be a dominant team in the Canadian Football League. They seem to have sorted out as we mentioned, the road aspect of things. What do you think one of the keys might be to sorting out this whole Jekyll and Hyde thing, amazing yeah. on the road, crappy at home? It's it's ironic. It's exactly reversed to the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be 7-2 at, at home. You're supposed to be 4-5 and five on the road. That is the framework that every professional football team aspires to be dominant at home where you have your paying customers you're entertaining you're winning uh, you make it a difficult place for people to play and then you're close to 500 on the road right so of course they're the opposite so you sit down and it's frustrating you can't figure it out you want to have a positive experience for your home fan base you want IGF to be a difficult place to play so everyone's like, well, what's the trick? What's the key to this, right? And I just think back to my time, my experience playing uh, football in the South and all of our home games, guess what? We stayed in a hotel. And I was like, well, you know, I, we all have places and, and why are they making us stay in the hotel the night before? Because they wanted to limit our exposure, control us, give us a sense of schedule, of discipline. For a lot of guys, when you go on the road, I, all those distractions get real small in a hurry. You're, you're in a, a city that is, for the most part, probably pretty foreign to you. You don't have a lot of things going on out there. You got an itinerary that's handed to you before you get on the plane. You have to do this, 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 and this. You miss a meeting. You're fined. There's simply too much freedom at home sometimes for a lot of guys on on teams, especially teams that are young, right? Younger guys living in a city. I mean, it's it's a fantastic time being a professional athlete in any city you're living in, but you got to dial it in. And for some football teams, that dial in only comes when they get on an airplane, they have to dress up, they have meetings, they have things scheduled, they have all these things they have to do when they're on the road that they don't have to dial in and focus on when they're at home as much. And uh, for a team that isn't very veteran, that, that doesn't necessarily have a bunch of guys that understand, hey, your systems and your practices have to be the same home and away. You know, that thing they do in the NFL where you stay in a hotel at home, you know, that is something I would think if they continue to struggle at home this year, why not try it just to see? It all comes down. I mean, obviously, it's a big expense. You probably couldn't do it for all nine home games, right? You wouldn't want to do it for all nine. But just to give the guys an idea, hey, this is a road trip. This is a work trip. Anyways, you got to dial in right now and uh, and just take them away. Isolate them away from all the stresses, pressures, and common activities they have when they're at home because you need that same focus. And this team, obviously, from what they showed us last year, 
they chime in real well on the road. They focus, they're like, they have laser focus on the road. It is hard to win on the road. It should be much easier at home. So do yourself a favor, dial it in. And, uh, you know, I just threw it out there as something you think they might want to try if and only if. Right now they're one-on-one at home. But if and only if they continue to struggle going forward. Doug Brown proposing that this become a road trip, a business trip, something that has to be done. Business needs to be taken care of. Too many distractions at home. Maybe later on in the podcast, either today or next time around, I'll ask you about distractions on the road because those aren't necessarily absent either. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) We'll talk about that as we make our way through this season. You are listening to the inaugural, the first Blue Bomber podcast with Doug Brown. Information is everywhere, and it can be hard to tell fact from fiction. You can depend on CJOB to keep you up to date on what is happening in Winnipeg. Global news on CJOB. More reporters asking more questions, getting you more answers. Thanks for tuning in to the Blue Bomber podcast with Doug Brown. Your secret word of the week to enter to win Blue Bomber tickets is Randall. As in our first Blue Bomber guest of the podcast, Chris Randall. Send Randall, R-A-N-D-L-E, to 780-6868. Don't forget the 204. And we will select one winner amongst all our downloaders who can identify Randall as our secret code word to get you tickets to the next Winnipeg Blue Bomber home game, July 27th, against the Montreal Alouettes. Welcome back to the Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. Let's get back to the action. Welcome back to the Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. I'm Greg Mackling. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Thanks for taking time to download this podcast. We intend for it to be a weekly adventure. Doug Brown, the all-star defensive end for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And, of course, he is now a CFL legend. He is a member of the Hall of Fame here in Canada and performs with our own Bob Irving in the broadcast booth. And, Doug, there's just not enough time with you in the broadcast booth. So here we are on the podcast, and we've got a special guest to launch things on our inaugural flight of the Blue Bomber podcast. Mr. Chris Randall, is the defense better this year and why? What do you think? I think um, we're steady growing, so it's kind of hard to take for what we did all last season, you know, with the takeaways and how we, you know, we went on a good run and played well on the road. I think we need to be tested more as a, as a unit. To, to kind of compare, but I think we're heading in the right direction. I think we kind of are trying to pick up where we left off. It's possible to be uh, better in a different way this year. Obviously, it might be hard to repeat the stats, the statistics of those takeaways, but you guys can be better at other things and and uh, possibly more balanced, more complete, you think? Uh, somewhere along those lines. I think uh, we just knew what our weakness was last year, right? And we, we wanted to get better at those things, so that's what we trained, it at, trained on all training camp and kind of in the offseason, kind of talked about it with some of the veteran guys, and that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to get better on some of the holes that we were last year. So, yeah, I guess that goes hand-in-hand with what you're saying. So today was probably uh, day one, I would imagine, for you guys on BC. You've probably already seen a number of their games and films just from your interest in the CFL. Who do you want to face as a starting member of the secondary, Lule or Jonathan Jennings? Um, you, don't, you don't get the choice, obviously, but if you did... Picking the pulling the strings, but uh, either way, I feel like we just gotta be ready for both. Those guys are both explosive players, you know. Um, 
very capable mobile quarterbacks who can, you know, got receivers they can throw the ball to. So all in all, it's just a, a matter of understanding the game plan and perfecting our game plan. And part of the game plan is being ready for both quarterbacks. Is that a unique situation in the CFL? You think uh, the quarterbacking stable with the BC Lions, is there any other tandem you think that is better in the CFL right now than those two? A tandem? Um a tandem quarterback play as far as just backup. I just, I don't know, man. I think everyone is capable to, to dominate in this league. I think we got two quarterbacks that, when given an opportunity, can do their thing. Matty Ice, he came in last year, will give an opportunity. So you can't sleep on anybody. It's just the fact that Lule got in last week. So you have to. And broke know, a record, right? Through for over yeah, 400 no, he yards. Really, he's a former <laughs> MOP. Like, yeah, exactly. We all know what he's capable of. Yeah, that makes it a little bit of a unique uh, scenario, right? For sure. No, I think it definitely does. And, um, yeah, that's part of the plan to be ready, and that's what we're going to do. Hey, Chris, Doug and I have been talking about this idea of the Blue Bombers being less than dominant on home field last year, 7-2 and two on the road. Do you guys talk about that in the dressing room and talk about how you even that out? And obviously you'd like to leave the idea of being dominant as heck on the road in place, but how do you pair that with being more dominant at home, and is it a concern for your club? Um, I think for the most part, we just on a game that's that's ahead of us. You know, the opportunity that's given itself, and we we kind of put all our attention towards that. I think uh, winning at home is special. Just I think I said this before, special for our fans who who support us so much in the organization that we fight for, and we want to do it for each other. You know, and that's I think that's something we need to uh, you know capitalize on because if we build momentum that way, it could be a huge advantage for us. So we we definitely want to win at home, but. Our main focus is just winning every game. Is it easier to dial in on the road when you have, it's like a business trip, you have the formality of getting on a plane, you have an itinerary, you have a schedule, staying at a hotel, everything is kind of planned out for you. Is it easier to dial in when you're on the road than it is at home, maybe when you have more distractions and you're not isolated from them? Um, I think each player is different. You know, I don't think we're all the same as far as how we prepare in our routine and what we feel the most comfortable. But I just know the mindset of this team is, is to go out and win. And that's, I think we know what we did last week. We make those corrections and try to get better at our, you know, our game plan each and every week. So, I mean, we understand that, and that's what you can rely on each, each week. Hey, Chris, it happens really fast that you are the new guy on the team, and now here you are four years later. You're one of the seasoned Thanks. veterans. You represent the, the W. You fill in the new guys on the culture of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. How comfortable are you in your leadership role with this club? Because I can tell from the stands that, that you do fill that role. Talk a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Um, we, like uh, You know it. You just said it. I came in four years ago with the same organization. And um, it's just, I understand how things go. I understand how how the organization likes to run things, how the fan base is so incredible, how we're top-notch facilities and just all those things you got to embrace. You got to embrace all those things. And being with a couple of guys that came with the same mindset that was brought down through our through our office, just through GMs, through the owners, through the head coach, it's just kind of relaying that. And I've learned over time that the more you buy into that, the more you buy into each other, believing in what you have, the better off you would be. So that's what I believe in. That's what I preach. That's what I try to do with, with everyone who's a part of this. 
Chris, just before we let you go, I, I want to ask you just a few questions just f- for fans to get an idea of, of uh, what you uh, relish, what you enjoy as a player. Just uh, some questions you probably don't normally get asked uh, by the media. Just your preferences as a professional football player playing in the secondary. You prefer to, to press or play off when it comes to your position or responsibilities? Uh... I've been more of a off guy uh, just because I think I can see more and react more when I'm off instead of being so, you know, locked in on your man when you're pressed. So I like to make plays when I'm off so I can be able to get a jump. But um, whenever the situation gets gritty, I think, you know, that press, you have to go to it. So uh, if I had to do a ratio, I'd do 70 or 60-40. 60-40. Playing off so you can read things and you have time to react and attack. Correct. Yeah, that makes sense. Manner zone then. What's your preference? Um, I, I like I like zone. I like it, the way you can disguise it. I mean, you can make anything look like something else. And if you, you plan a game with the quarterback with his reads, uh, I think it gives you more a chance to make plays on the ball. Who's the hardest guy in the CFL to cover one-on-one? One-on-one, the hardest guy. Just in your I, realm of experiences. I, I just because it doesn't matter if you're covering him or not, he, he's – very capable of making a catch. I would say S.J. Green. I think he's, you know, a very formidable opponent and who guys who make a lot of plays. Okay. what uh, What's a greater sense of euphoria, a pick or a sack? Uh, I would go with a pick for sure. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you like getting involved stopping the run, filling a lane, coming downhill? I, I enjoy it. You know, I play my role. I'm not the biggest guy, but I definitely understand that I got to – uh, area protect, so I take pride in that. Best forty time. What's that? Best forty time? Yeah. Uh, a four four eight was my fastest one. That's nice. Squat guy or bench guy? Um, I'm a bench guy. Yeah, definitely. I heard I I like squats. Not a lot of weight, but I like to challenge myself a lot more on a bench. And what was your best testing at at a combine? Are you a vertical guy? Are you a lateral movement guy? Are you a speed straight line guy? What was your best test? Um, I think my first, I showed explosion in a vertical jump. I have like 39, and then I did a broad of like 10, 8 or something like that. So those are probably my two most, you know, eye-popping numbers, I guess. So you can dunk a basketball standing underneath the I mean, yeah, I, can't, I, I believe so. I've done it before. Well, 39 inch, yeah, so you, you got to be able to. That's impressive. That's explosive. Chris, i got to ask you one more on that same list. Do you, do you hate losing more or love winning more? Ooh, that's probably the hardest one out of all of them. Um, for sure, hate losing more. I think that's, ah, that, that sticks with you more than it was. Chris Randall, we want to thank you for your time. Thanks for uh, what you do on the field and off the field as an ambassador for the club. We appreciate it, and we'll have you back on the Blue Bomber podcast again if you're willing to do it. All right, sounds good. Thank you for having me for the first one. Thanks for coming on, Chris. No problem. We've got among the most inefficient healthcare systems in Canada right here. So tell me why anyone would defend the status quo. Jeff Courier, weekdays 10 to 1 on 680 CJOB. You're listening to the Blue Bomber podcast with Doug Brown and Greg Mackling and this week's uh, secret uh, podcast word is Randall, aka Chris Randall. Welcome back to the Blue Bomber podcast with Doug Brown. Let's get back to the action. 
Welcome to the inaugural Blue Bomber podcast with Doug Brown, Greg Mackling with you along for the ride. And Doug, uh, officiating in the Canadian Football League has been a source of conversation for as long as I can remember. And have you ever seen a million dollar penalty before? <laughs> well, you know, finally it just got real for everybody that's not so invested in the game, right? And people would always comment, why are you guys bitching and whining so much about the official? Just play the game, just win. Well, guess what? Now it just cost somebody a million bucks. You get an idea of the pain uh, a lot of players feel on a game-in and game-out basis. So very hard. You know, you always have to put down this, this disclaimer when it, when it comes to officiating. It's an extremely difficult job, obviously. We always have the luxury as, as, as people that, that watch and review and critique and comment. We can slow it down. We can pause it. I, we can watch it frame by frame. A lot of people are very much blown away when they go down to field level for the first time and they're not sitting up in their seats and they don't have a jumbotron to review and you see how fast and how violent everything is and if you're a referee you don't have the benefit of hindsight right you have to throw a flag when you feel it is or it isn't but you know that was just kind of the final straw I think in terms of uh, just drawing attention to a problem that the Canadian football has and for me it's consistency Really, it's it's a fact that you can have a call like that that is inconsequential, that is behind the play, that has nothing to do with whether that guy's going to score or not, which looks to be inadvertent. Looks like they kind of got caught up with each other. It wasn't really blatant or obvious or anything like that. Obviously, it's happening very fast. So you have a call like that, and then at the end of the game, you have what happened to Ricky Ray, where he kind of got bent in half by two guys hitting him both ways. One of them a little higher than another. I don't want to draw attention to that bomber player, but it certainly was. In the realm of the calls we've seen made in the past by the CFL, that's something that should have been flagged, potentially, and Ricky Ray should have had another opportunity and maybe could feel better about how he's feeling right now physically. So it's just consistency. I, I think that's the problem. It's it's you have that that one play that cost a fan a million dollars, and you have that other play that has to do with Ricky Ray, a, a legend in the CFL, and his, his health and and, you know, you have a commissioner that literally minutes before had talked to Bob Irving and I about the importance of players protecting themselves and and taking and eliminating that headshot out of the game. There was your first opportunity. Uh, we don't know, I, I guess, at this point, whether there was a fine involved there or what happened um, with uh, Corey Johnson, I believe it was. But it's uh, it's just a consistency thing. And I can ask you a question right now because I actually don't know this. Um, if someone said to me, hey. What's the definition of pass interference in the CFL right now? I have no idea. I mean, I think I know what the definition is, but I couldn't tell you when I would see it and when I would know they would call it one way or another. It's always a guessing game. We're literally sitting up there in the booth watching the game, and we're flipping coins. When when someone challenges whether there was pass interference... Well, the challenge is the flip of the coin itself, yeah. Doug. I mean, coaches are grasping at straws yeah. here, and I think this is why fans are getting frustrated, because they're seeing this as a last-ditch attempt to maybe save yourself from yourself on a horrible drive by your opposition and go, well, we couldn't stop them, but maybe technology Technology will save us. Yeah, and so you're wondering, you're like, hey, they're searching, they're fishing for pass interference, or they're saying it wasn't there. For me, it's it's the it's the consideration whether a call that is so arbitrary and open to a referee's interpretation 
should that be subject to review if there is no black and white definition of what pass interference? If some things are let go, like they let some things go sometimes and other times they don't and they're sticklers and, and it's so up to your interpretation, your judgment, your, you know, what your feelings are and how you feel like somebody was inhibited or not during a play, should that even be challengeable? Should you just have to go with what the referee goes with on the, because there's no consistency anyways, right? Okay, so it's, it's it's if it's completely arbitrary, right? What are you doing by challenging it, right? Well, the subjectivity is going to be involved in that call, regardless of whether it's on an 18 inch TV monitor or in live play. So we've seen numerous times in the Canadian Football League where something is challenged, they see the replay, and you could argue that the overturning of the call is worse than the original call in the first place. So yeah. they're sometimes not even getting it right with the aid of technology. Yeah, exactly. It, it can frustrate you more. Right. You know, you think the referees made the right call, and then it'll be overturned, and you're just like, it's they toy with you, right? <laughs> One thing you want... As as a as a fan as as a patron that goes to games and wants to be entertained, you, you just want some sort of flow of moment. And it's just so abrupt and oh, it's it's jagged it's painful, and it's overturned, dog. and the dynamics of the the game are just turned on its face so many times during a game. So, anyways, very uh, very obviously uh, frustrating uh, for a lot of people, and obviously the what about Karen. Uh, uh, viral internet thing brought a lot of attention to it, right? You know, and hopefully that puts it to the top of the commissioner's list in terms of things he needs to address now that he's on the job. And we'll wrap things up on this thought. The calls away from the play. You know, we talk about uh, in this world of social media and this idea of whether your life could survive a forensic audit or not, right? When you put yourself in the public light, everything that you've ever done, do you think you could survive a run for president, for mayor or premier? I think a lot of us hesitate to even throw our hat into the ring because everything we've ever done is now all of a sudden the subject of a potential investigation. Every single play, Doug, you know this, there's a a penalty on every single play in football. Is it time that they draw some distinctions between penalties that affect the play and don't affect the play? Have a conversation about it. Yes, we had holding over here on number 67, but it had no effect on the play. For that reason, we're picking up the flag. Just because there, until there can be consistency, until there is a, a, a definition that is applicable across the board, I, I totally agree with you there. So last question for you. Did they do enough to... Kind of uh, make up for what clean happened. Up, clean up for Karen. Yeah, what was there? I think they did a pretty good job. Yeah. There are a lot of folks who who texted us in on the program when we were talking about this that said, "Hey, I missed a ten million dollar Lotto Max jackpot by one <laughs> number. I got two grand and told to go away." This is a little <laughs> bit different. There's some subjectivity yeah, here. Yeah. A lottery is a number drawn, but I have to give kudos to the Canadian Football League for its sponsors, for Air Miles, Safeway, Sobies, for coming bombers, out yeah. the Blue Bombers, stepping up and saying, "Hey, we have to try and make up." somewhat for something that happened here even though the CFL did kind of double down and say we stand by our decision on the field I think if anybody was officiating that game with honesty they would say you know what if we could do it over again we would pick up that flag exactly couldn't agree more my friend Doug Brown that's it it's the first Blue Bomber podcast with Doug Brown download it now 
Make it one of your favorites. It'll automatically download for you every single week. We want to thank you for taking some time with us. We'll see you next time on the Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. The Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or at CJOB.com.